I'm a survivor. And it's so, and so funny. Hello. And welcome to the Super Gay Wedding Podcast. I'm Cindy Savage, real queer wedding planner at ILS Traveled. And I'm Amanda Summerlin, super gay wedding photographer at Amanda Summerlin Photography. We're wedding pros who are gay as fuck. And we're talking about wedding shit from an LGBTQ perspective. Super gay wedding, fuck yeah! Woo! Oh, are we recording? Well, it is recording, yeah. Okay, but I just wanted not, to make sure before I started, you know. We're not doing a very good job of bantering at the moment. No, no, we're not not I mean, actually. We just bantering. recorded our entire water break, so bathroom cool. break, whatever that was. <laughs> All right, so dear we're... listeners, we've recently been on a five to ten minute expedition, refilling our glasses and emptying our bladders. <laughs> and here we are. We were going to talk about some depressing shit, like how maybe Whitney Houston died because everyone around here was a homophobe and she was gay. But instead, we decided to talk about funny shit. So Amanda's going to tell us about the library. Go. <laughs> um, that was way too much of a lead up. It's not that interesting. I was just going to tell you this. <laughs> now you got to make it interesting because. I went to the library yesterday to pick up one book. And how many did that you go out with? Old. I spent 10 minutes there. I have four books now, fuckers. You only one spent 10 minutes? I spent <laughs> it was 10 minutes. I feel like that's admirable to, to come out with four. 10 minutes and four books, I think. That's pretty good. If I was in there for 10 minutes, I'd probably come out with more than that. Here's the kicker, though. One of them is fiction. What is it? I know, right? It's, um, what is it? Oh, shit. It's that new book by that guy who wrote Fight Club called something. I I don't know anything about this book. Oh. uh, Let me tell you a little story about the library and traveling. So when I go places, I always bring books because that's what you do with your life. Yeah. um, I often read them on planes because it's a great thing to do on planes. And the last time I came home from California, I apparently left a library book in the seat back pocket of the plane seat in front of me because when I went to my suitcase to open it up to read the last 10 pages of this really weird book, mm-hmm. I still don't know if it was good or bad. It's called Heartland. It's okay. by Anna Simo, who is a queer, mostly playwright, but also novelist. Yeah. And, um, was super weird but in a good way i think but i don't know what happened at the end of the book because i could not find it when i went to take it out of my luggage and finish reading it and so i i submitted a lost item report at southwest airlines and they they send you an update every five days for 30 days and if they don't find it then you're shit out of luck right well that's awesome so the 30 days have passed and i they didn't find it the Mm -hmm. other day i'm driving the car i was telling my mom this story Mm -hmm. i was driving around town with her and all of a sudden it hit me like I didn't fly Southwest Airlines on my last trip. (laughs) (laughs) I definitely flew United. So there's really no good reason to expect Southwest would have found a book that I probably left on a United flight. That's hilarious. So in any case, the St. Louis County Library is going to get $17.99 from me. Mm. After which I will check out the book again (laughs) and read the last 20 pages. Unless (laughs) I can find it at United. Which reminds me, I should actually see if I can find it at United. <laughs> uh, so you never read Fight Club or saw the movie? Did you see? Oh, movie? I saw the movie. Yeah, the, I meant I don't know anything about whatever is the new book by the same guy. Oh, it's actually um, called Adjustment Day. I just looked it up. Um, That's a weird title. Yeah, um, I did not know, um, and I, I don't know how to pronounce the name. It's Chuck Palahniuk, I guess. I didn't know he was gay. I was reading some article. That's the author? Yeah. Um, and I, I was reading some article. I guess it was, you know, the book. This this is his newest book. It came out in May or something. Mm-hmm. Stumbled across some random article about it. And, and he was talking about um, um, writing the different characters and, you know, the perspectives that he was um, bringing into the book and how, you know, he could, he, he had created all these characters and he felt like he was um, able to legitimately bring in a perspective of a white male or a gay male, but not necessarily uh, a black character or something like that. And so that's how he decided how to write each character because he, you know, felt like um, he could make white characters be assholes or something. I'm really blowing this up bad, but I was like, oh my gosh, she's gay. And I didn't know that. Um, nah, you so know, it was a neat surprise, right? Like, oh, hey. Um. And then I read a couple of um, reviews of it on Amazon where people were like, you know, dissing it because it was political. It's uh, kind of like a take on our current society and all that kind of stuff. 
and they were mad because he's obviously a liberal. I'm like, I'm fucking reading that. So <laughs> <laughs> it's a good reason to right. I mean, he's so infinitely quotable when he when he writes. Um, you know, I think I probably mentioned to you that I don't ever read fiction. I haven't read fiction books in like I've read uh, in 15 years. I've read two fiction books. Um, one is Fight Club, and what's the other one? And the other is a book by Octavia Butler. Was it Kindred? I believe so. It was really good. It really was. I mean, I I was totally blew my mind. It was amazing. (laughs) And I I usually read um, about seventy five percent nonfiction. I generally have anywhere from four to ten books checked out at any one time, and of those, one or two of them are usually fiction. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. I get really impatient with shit because I'm like. I, fiction I is feed the information monster. It reads a lot faster. For, yeah, fiction mm-hmm. is what I it's use when like, my brain is too dumb for nonfiction. What? That's what TV's for. I mean, I use TV for that too. <laughs> By the way, I've I've been watching the One Hundred since you mentioned that to me. Oh yeah, you liking it? Yeah, I am. Oh, I've that's good. Just mainlining it. I think I'm in the third season already. Oh, cool. So um, you you forgave them for? I'm the, enjoying it. The whole. Uh, Kill your gaze thing, huh? No. I mean, no. I'm not forgiving that. Hmm. Uh, there, it's, Speaking of uh, Kill Your Gaze, there's a Buffy reboot. I saw that. I don't know how to feel about that. I mean, if they bring Tara back. Come on, they kill Buffy like 28 so I read times. Something... They can bring Tara back. Oh, I'm not debating that. <laughs> I, I read something about it the other day, mm-hmm. and... Um, which made a really good point. It's like, why are we doing a reboot instead of continuing the story? Because, spoiler alert, if you haven't watched Buffy yet, I don't even care. Mm-hmm. It's been over. You're way too late. Decade, yeah. There's no spoiler alerts, right? But we all know. At the end of the series, you know, there's like all the Slayers now. Mm-hmm. So there's really no reason to go back and tell Buffy's story again with a black actor, which is, is that what they're what's doing? happening. Wait they're telling the story Black again Buffy. that's that's uh, okay okay i only read one thing and that's okay. what it said it is the internet it could be wrong but mm-hmm. the thing i read was like it's a reboot of buffy except this time buffy's black okay and i'm all for having non-white characters definitely yeah i just want a new story i don't think we need to tell the same story again and just change races when we have already from this series like at the you have all these all these slayers that you can tell any one or many of their stories and not yeah. retell the story you already told. Right. I so, mean, I hope that whatever I read was wrong and it will actually be fantastic. to reboot something. It's like, we have no new ideas and yeah. we're not even going to disguise it anymore. Let's just do a remake of Dukes of Hazard, <laughs> anyway, or so. chips or, well, we shall Wait. see how the Buffy reboot goes. We shall see. Oh, yeah. Hopefully it can have less Xander toxic masculinity and, and less killed gays. That would be super sweet. Yeah, just keep the gay people alive. Yeah. I mean, that show was pretty pioneering in its time. I, I remember sitting through it, it and Cena and uh, Star Trek Voyager. No, not Voyager. Star Trek space nine back in the day just that just for those little nuggets of subtext mm-hmm. now i just like everybody you know, just be like we're really great at finding subtext even where maybe it isn't but mm-hmm. at this point uh, and queer baiting is my my personal like yeah like um there, there's so many shows that do it too what's that one show something about Rizzolian isles how did you know what I was talking about? You look so pissed. <laughs> because I watched like a season and a half of it waiting did for you? something that was obviously there to happen. Yeah. Well, I mean, they play that up. They really, really do. Intentionally, with no intention of ever making those characters. Yeah, and it's frustrating. And you know, there's that other show um, that Jesse loved for the longest time about all the fairy tale characters in Maine. Once Upon a Time? Yeah, that one. Now it's like if you they they don't they don't do that intentionally or whatever. But if you're like watching the show and you're watching those two moms, like the only logical thing 
because they they have this great dynamic between them. Wait, which two? Um, it's been a few evil, years since I watched it. I, I, evil, I dropped off about queen, season four, but and wh- who is she? She's is she's no. not so. She's uh, not Snow White. No, she's this evil queen from Snow White. So there's evil queen, and then right. the 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 good the good magic character, who's like the main one. Yeah, the main character. Yeah. What the fuck is her name? I don't even remember her- anymore. But I mean, you know, it's like they they're fighting over the kid all the time, Emma? and they're like, yeah, Emma, and then they're like evolving as humans together. Yeah. yeah. And and if and if it were a man and a woman, they'd hook them up. You're totally right about that. I'm 100% right about that because, and I I do appreciate that they're becoming, and I stopped watching a long time ago. I think I only made two seasons in. So I I can't speak to it. The CGI got too bad and I couldn't anymore. Uh, The story got weird. weird. I mean, I, I, I. I like the weird shit. I like the the merging of fantasy and reality. I think that's no, really cool. I don't know. The guy who's Rumpelstiltskin is a great actor. Oh yeah, he's um, great. He's phenomenal. But it's like if those characters were male and female, they'd be together, or they'd be doing that whole like, will they? Want to? Yeah, exactly. And, and I do appreciate the fact totally that they're right like that. making them evolve as friends, or they were when I stopped mm-hmm. watching. But it, I just was like, you know. The Maybe only... if we just give them a few more seasons, they'll realize that deep down they're actually queer. Uh-huh. How many? I don't think so, though. No. That's way too <laughs> I mean, it's a mainstream show on a, on, a, on a major network, so it's not going to happen. But it makes sense. Probably not. Yeah. Anyway. We're way off what we were supposed to be talking about, aren't we? Tangent <laughs> alert! As usual. It started <laughs> with libraries. I just want you all to know. We're talking about libraries. Well, you know, and how great it's a they good, are. it's a good book. They'll turn it. Did you see the show. thing this week? I didn't even read it because it was too stupid. But the thing this week about whoever said that Amazon should just replace libraries and we should get rid of libraries. It was some stupid ass politician, and everybody's like, "Duh, you don't have to buy the books at the library, genius." And also, the libraries provide so much more than books. Oh, uh, well, I mean, our local library is great. They have all kinds of programs. Right. Mm-hmm. It's a resources it's a place research. for. Where people can come indoors during the day if they don't have anywhere else to go. There's usually free internet. There's usually computers people can use for mm-hmm. job searches and other stuff, and books, and movies, and music. My library has things like knitting and crochet nights and craft things, and there's oh, some. Cool. They have some wild animal something thing this month, and there's authors coming in. Yeah. Amazon doesn't do any of that shit. They just take your money and send you a book. That's true. And the last time I and let's talk about Amazon for a second. What sure you know, they did the, they had a they had Prime a Day or whatever recently and they had that huge strike, right? Mm-hmm. And um I mean I, I'm a Prime member and I, I get way too much shit from Amazon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the last shipment of books I got from them, I opened it up and I'm like, holy shit, Amazon. The the two books I pulled out of there were like literally covered in grease like like somebody was eating i don't know like french fries or fried chicken or something they were they were they were honest to god eating their lunch while they were packing it because they clearly didn't have time to stop and have fucking lunch and i I had to i had to wash my books and and then like a few days later they're like yeah everybody's on strike because of working conditions and then there's i think that isn't there a new uh documentary on netflix about it I don't know. I'm like, Jeff, what's his face is the richest man in the world. Mm-hmm. And he, he's a billionaire several times over. And the working conditions are absolutely reprehensible. Yeah. At all of their centers. You know, they're, they're threatening to, to um, or, I mean, Atlanta's trying to get them to bring a new um, headquarters or, mm-hmm. you know, satellite headquarter here or whatever. And that's been a huge debate in Atlanta because people are like divided about it, you know, because, yeah. The people who are sympathetic are like, we don't need that. They're just going to, you know, treat our citizens shitty. But, I mean, we have plenty of other companies that do the same thing, so whatever. Um, maybe the Amazon workers should create a union. A union? Right. I think that's probably why Atlanta has a chance of getting another um, place there because, it, you know, we are a right-to-work state. So. Missouri's voting on that this year. 
Are they? I'm happy about it. I did not know until our daughter got a job so, yeah. at the mall that it's not required to give an, a person who's working an eight-hour shift a break anymore at all if they're above 18. That's what? like uh, That was like something that had changed here in 2015. Because we were on. like, well, they have to give you at least a 15-minute break. And she's like, no, no, they don't. And, and I went and fucking looked it up. I'm like, holy God. So they don't have to, they're not required to have a bathroom break or a lunch break or uh, unless they're under 18. Only, only the kids, like she was like working at McDonald's briefly. Only the kids under 18 got breaks. That's madness. That's what happens like, when you let certain kinds of people run the world. Yo, right to work does not mean you have the right to work. No, it doesn't even a little bit. Please. Actually, it does mean you have the right to work and nothing else. You have the right to work. You don't have the right to go pee. <laughs> or Please. Or for the sake of your bladder and your general health and well-being and the sake of the bladders and general health and well-being of other people. Look Stop up right to work. Don't know what it means. <laughs> and if you happen to be somewhere where it's being voted on, like August 7th here in Missouri, vote no on things like Prop A. Don't be a yes on A. Be a no. That's really horrific. I thought I we were keeping this light and funny. What I happened? know. I'm sorry. God, so, what are we doing? Don't tell me something. So anyway... What are we here for today? Because it wasn't to talk about libraries or no. left-handedness. We recorded an interview with a couple back in June and we probably ought to put on the air. So Yeah, we're going to. And um, now it's August. So we thought we would, instead of pretending like we actually recorded this on the same day, because we definitely didn't. Um, no, we didn't. We're just going to be straight with you. Ha ha ha. <laughs> we're going to be real gay with you and tell you that super it's August gay. and we recorded this super gay podcast in June. Mm-hmm. Uh, with some fabulous people. Why don't yeah. you tell us about them, Amanda? Uh, well, we, we talked to Kitty and Lex. Um, and Kitty and Lex are a couple whose wedding I photographed a few years ago um, up in Massachusetts. They actually used to live here in Atlanta. Um, and we did some cool engagement photos with them here in Atlanta and then flew up to, well, I mean, we didn't fly together, but you know what I mean? I went up to just outside Boston to shoot their, their wedding um, because at the time... It was one of the handful of places it was legal for same-sex couples to be married. And they wouldn't have a legal wedding. And also... Remember that when it wasn't legal in the whole country? Yeah, so like four years ago. Yeah. Um, They're now living up in Wisconsin. I'm I'm getting bad with my geography these days. They live in Sheboygan. I love saying Sheboygan. Because it's fun. I know, right? And they're oddly very happy about living in Sheboygan which I don't I'm, I'm not saying Sheboygan is odd it's just that it's not something I think of as a, you know because we tend to gravitate towards metro areas city centers where it's safe for yeah. us to be and they're kind of in a rural area and they're loving it up there and I think it's really awesome for sure yeah I'm not I'm not dissing Wisconsin I think I, I think Wisconsin's awesome. I was just thinking Actually. I I only know a couple people from Sheboygan but all of them like really seem to love Sheboygan so maybe yeah. Sheboygan has something go going well, I gotta say that you know one of the one of the things that comes out of being a traveling wedding photographer is I've, I've managed to, to visit most of the state at this point she mm-hmm. states and the most pleasant surprise has come in that sort of mid northern midwestern area it's beautiful up there I love Wisconsin I love um Minnesota I think it's just beautiful beautiful country the great lakes all of it and um i can see why people would move up there and be like damn it's nice up here um and actually it's one of the handful of places that jesse and i are talking about investigating to move to when we you know move on with our five-year plan a lot of people sort of lump all those states in with the general concept of midwest which most Mm. people imagine as being a lot of corn and soy and maybe some wheat and mostly fields and landlocked and largely flat and not a lot of water and that is true for Mm -hmm. almost all of the midwest oh yeah but the great lakes region is an exception (laughs) (laughs) yes i mean kansas iowa missouri most of illinois yeah it's flat. It's full of corn. It's full of soy. It's full of wheat. It's very uninteresting. You don't really want to drive through it. You don't really want to go there. 
Um, no. so that's the girl who lives in Missouri. But <laughs> anyway, Michigan, Wisconsin, <laughs> the very northern chunks of Illinois and Indiana that touch the lake. We've just alienated a whole yeah, shit. Pretty nice. Going, but you know, flat is lovely. Actually, you know what? It's it's just not for me. <laughs> not every place is for every person. The Midwest is not for me. I'm just in it at the moment. Yeah. Uh, you can edit this out if I just insulted too many people. Nah. And if you like the Midwest, then like, hey, someone should live here. It's just not me. Not you. Huh? Some of us are, you know, mountain people. But anyway. Some of us probably, are ocean people. We should probably play their interview and stop our bashing of the Midwest. We definitely should. Dear <laughs> Midwest, I'm sorry. Um, okay. <laughs> Let's listen Hello. to Kitty and Lex. Kitty and Lex. Hey, I can hear you. Hey. 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 Sorry, were you interrupting? No, you're Not fine. Not at all. We're, we're just, just doing our usual thing where we just complain about stupid things that have happened all week. Uh, yeah, we shoot the shit. And, we call um, this pre-show banter, correct. but it's really us just complaining about stuff. How are you guys doing? Always complaining. We're good. You look great. Thanks. Yeah. So, so where's Lex going? We'll let her get back. I grab my ice see. cream that I forgot to. <gasps> oh, oh. We, we, we should all eat ice cream while we mm-hmm. record this. Oh podcast. wait, I should probably ask if anyone minds if I eat ice cream. You should. Totally I fully eat ice cream. support you eating ice cream. Thank you. It's well. anytime. Anyway. Well, I mean, it's real. It's real delicious. <laughs> it's just, no, just no dairy it's, what what's that's fine about it? yeah there's no, no dairy. there's no dairy that doesn't make it's it fake. real to you it's real to everyone you know what Stop. does it satisfy Charlie. your ice cream craving <laughs> it does right? then it's real ice cream that's that my awesome. vote so anyway i'm here amanda's here tell us who you are would you like to go first Okay. <laughs> She's like, I want to eat some ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm Lex of Kitty Inn. Yourself to me, girl. You're your old person. Well, I'm Reverend Lex from Kitty Inn. Reverend Lex. I don't know. <laughs> always does this because in her phone, people are always. It's from what, what she couples knows. Always, yeah, couples are always whoever she met first. Mm-hmm. Oh so, yeah. Like, Oh yeah, that makes sense. So John and our friends John and Carrie. John is of Carrie and yeah. She oh, <laughs> I like that of Carrie and I think that's really kind of cool, actually. It is cute, except for when you're trying to go through her phone looking because you're like, who are these of and? thinking somebody has an actual last name mm-hmm. or a friend's <laughs> friend. Well, you know, it's like that's when I always show up at the hotel for a wedding, and I, mm-hmm. I'm like trying to get the front desk to to contact the couple's room. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, I don't know their last name <laughs> because they're just, you know, because you guys, yeah, each couple's a unit to me. You guys are Kitty and Lex, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and well, alphabetical most of the time. So Kitty and Lex goes K and L. Sorry, it's Lex. Um, it's all it goes by our last names too. No, because then it'd be me first. Oh. No, I'm first. <laughs> C. always first always damn you alphabet oh i'm kitty i don't know what else did you say you just said your name right? i didn't know what else you wanted to know i just said my name because because cindy didn't know us so i figured that was probably the easiest place to start right. so now i know kitty and lex lex and kitty lex of kitty and lex yes no let's talk about you guys because we should probably yeah, do that at some point during that is what the show's supposed to be about <laughs> Well, oh, first of all, happy Juneteenth. Yes. Right? Juneteenth today. What the fuck is that? You should watch the Blackish episode that covers Juneteenth. Uh, somebody mentioned that to me today, and I'm totally it's putting that on. That aired like good. last year, though, right? Very comprehensive. Not a new one? It was this past season. It was I don't think they're on now. I think it was this past season. Yeah. I think I saw that one. It was really well done. I'm a little behind on that show. Yeah. Okay. So we're talking to Kitty and Lex. We sure are. Hi, Lex. Hey. Tell us. Tell us, tell Cindy, how long have you guys been together? Tell our listeners. Tell our listeners. And me. We we have been together for six years in October, married for four in the same time period, because we got married around our dating anniversary. Yeah. So that we never had to remember. (laughs) That's very smooth. 
The rest of us have like 46 freaking anniversaries. Yeah, no, like, right. no, like, like one of the main goals. Yeah, one of Lex's goals is she was like, we need to get married around our anniversary because I will forget when it is. I did the same thing. So you just like take the average now between the two? Or? No, I, we just we just take our wedding anniversary. I bet it. that's pretty cool. It's close <laughs> enough, right? Exactly. So you guys have been together six six years, but you've been mm-hmm. married for four. Mm-hmm. Your lives have, have actually moved on, and I'm, I'm, we're gonna I'm gonna actually pop forward and then pop back here. So you guys are doing something pretty cool right now. We talked about when we were hanging out in in um, where were we? Wisconsin somewhere? Yes. Milwaukee. Milwaukee. That you guys, you guys are a little person in your house. We do. We're we've had a few different little people in our house. Four different little people. Yeah, we are parenting. we are foster parents. I love seeing the panic in your eyes when you talk about it. It's so good. <laughs> it's so much fun parenting. I feel like, you know, because I'm a step parent, I think I have probably more in common with foster parents than I do with biological parents. Because I like, would say that you most definitely yeah. do. You know, learning about someone new and stuff and mm-hmm. and then helping them with the, the things that they have. Because, you know, people, little kids, and this is kind of relevant to shit that's going on in the news right now. It's like the the trauma that happens to a small child when their parents split up for whatever reason Mm -hmm. is very real and very lasting and you guys are right there helping little people get right through that and I think that's really magic and thank you (laughs) who's staying with you um how long have you been foster parents for oh you know only five months yeah five months in one house (laughs) so five months you've had what four placements yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's pretty intense, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Very much Gotta so. Be. Yeah. yeah. Very much yeah. so. Yeah. The first two were not the appropriate. But um well, we've learned so, a lot. We've had from preschool, before school to middle school age wise. Yeah, somewhere in there. Yeah. And all those things. Middle school. Yeah. Whoa, that's tough right there. Cause that's when yeah. the hormones start to kick in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. It, that, however, is we, um, one of our favorite things that we do is we actually teach um, sexuality classes at our yeah. church. We do a program oh, called so Our. We, yeah, called Our Whole Lives, which mm-hmm. is through a partnership of the Unitarian Universalist Church and the United Church of Christ, mm-hmm. the latter of which is our church. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we teach this curriculum that basically has... Um, it, and they have it for like, they have it from zero, zero adults, but we teach the middle schoolers mostly, mm-hmm. um, and some early high school. Yeah. Just like sex um, ed in the church. Yeah. Thing. But like, really cool. but Very more than what people think about when they yeah. think about it, it's like consent. your relationship to your body consent is big. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, sexual so, orientation is a factor, gender yeah. ability. Um, it's just great. Yeah. So let's talk about wedding planning. Yeah, now that we've got that off, <laughs> off all our collective stress. Uh, Do you guys remember you wedding planning? Yeah. It was it's been four mm-hmm. years now, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about your wedding planning. What what do you remember about wedding planning? What was the hardest part, actually? Do you remember that? I think the hardest part well, I, I will only answer for myself and I won't speak for you. I think I think one of the hardest parts for us was planning our ceremony actually because we both had very specific ideas specific and strong opinions about what should and should not be included and i don't think either of us thought we would be with somebody who would care as much as we did no so honey back to grief about literally only did you have to negotiate we had to negotiate we had to negotiate yeah we had to negotiate quite a few things yeah yeah I didn't think I was going to marry anyone who was particularly religious because I had never dated anyone who was particularly religious. Being ironic because I'm a minister, of course. I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> so I just assumed I would have the majority to say minus like some of the word choices because I hadn't dated anyone who was really religious or like spiritually infused type of thing huh. to say mm-hmm. to Kitty. And so, so that was, that was on my end. I just, I did not expect that. But so it was going to be your sort of domain or whatever. And then. Yeah. Somebody came along with opinions. Right? No. And I was like, God forbid. Yeah. When we're not from the same denominations and so we're not we had to like navigate that space. And I 
was from much more, well, as I said earlier, my family is Catholic. Mm-hmm. I'd moved on to be more Episcopalian by the time we mm-hmm. got married, but cool I still, Catholic. I'm very high church. And I'm, I was a Unitarian mm-hmm. Universalist for a decade. Um, oh, yeah. Still process. Now I'm a UCC minister um, and I've been part of the UCC faith for five Five, five, six years now? Six years, six probably, because it was about oh, the time right. we met, and you right. just told everyone we were together. Six you're years. right. Yes, yeah, six years. <laughs> so, but, but so Logic. I come from a, she comes from high church, I come from very low to casual, but I'm from a very formal family, and so I wouldn't have a casual service, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, no, some of those, some of those details, nav- navigating the spiritual space that we both wanted it to hold, our ceremony, mm-hmm. was probably, I think, one of the I think it's what we had the most but fights it, about. Yeah, but it was like the it was kind of funny one because it wasn't like I don't know that they were funny. Some of okay. them were really intensely emotional. Yes. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. I think so. It, what did your? Oh, go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say I think they didn't feel intense because it wasn't like these weren't things that were kind of come up in everyday conversations. It was literally just in the planning of. Right wedding i'm pretty sure they felt pretty intense like they did i'm saying but they were very much about the wedding they weren't like about oh they were probably about deeper things too love everything is i mean yeah true so what did your ceremony end up being like or looking like um i know that one of the big things that we had communion was communion Oh, that was a big <clears throat> Which Lex was really concerned about because so many of her people are not religious. Mm-hmm. And I was like, or I'm not, not gonna Christian f- in particular. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not going to force anyone to take communion. That's one of the options there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Cause I have a lot. And of- then we also, so that was a, that was for me, we got married in a, a UCC church mm-hmm. for you. Mm-hmm. Um, we picked a minister that we both liked, but was from Lex's tradition mm-hmm. as well. Well, you still can't get married in a Catholic church, so at least you, not a Roman Catholic one. Hmm, that's true. You can get married at the um, the oh lord, but what's I it called? The Holy Something Immaculate Shrine in Atlanta. <laughs> really? You can find a good good Episcopalian church that looks the same, will act yeah. the same, except for not yeah. That's a Catholic church, though. There's also, I was just at the Pride Fest in my little neighboring county here, and uh, there was a surprising amount of churches that were almost aggressively apologizing to me for how churches have behaved towards gay people, which was kind of nice. But one of the the boosts there was um, welcoming Catholic churches, which I was very surprised to see. Yes. Yeah. So I guess there's a branch that's Mm -hmm. ecumenical Catholic church. I know nothing about this, so please interrupt me if you know more. But that is yeah. not doesn't believe in the fall, in the infallibility of the Pope, and I guess doesn't mm-hmm. take directives from the Pope, but is otherwise essentially yeah. Catholic. Yeah, yeah. That allows female Catholic. ministers yeah. and mm-hmm. gay people to exist, so that's mm-hmm. kind of great. Yeah, that's cool. That mm-hmm. probably explains why I've been doing so many. Um, because uh, I still shoot Catholic weddings, you know, and mm-hmm. and the, the weddings I've been to, the churches I've been to, have been really cool. Like. Mm-hmm. Um, I was helping a, a photographer friend out here in, in the Atlanta area at a, at a very, very, very large Catholic church. And um, while well, it was still a straight couple getting married, um, among the guests present who were people who were members of the church, I saw a, a few gay and lesbian couples who, mm-hmm. you know, weren't just like, you know, sort of lurking in the shadows or anything. They were obviously, you know, respected members of the church community. So I there's mm-hmm. something yeah. definitely going on there. That's yeah, there's some space getting being made for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Good people are staying. So that was good fight. that was a huge thing. Yeah. Another thing that was a compromise was how we were going to walk into our ceremony. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's always tricky for which LGBTQ couples. Yeah. Um. So I was more of the. Um. And this was a compromise that Lex had to make because Lex wanted to stand at the. Just like come in with the minister and stand and wait for me. I am as super I told you earlier, super introverted. I wasn't looking for some sort of like dramatic moment, but Lex wanted it, I'm so I was like, moments. "All right, then." 
It really um, was pretty dramatic, though. It was beautiful. It was re- <laughs> the church we got married at was really cool for that moment. But well, I mean, like, so that's what you ended up doing then. Lex, you came in at the front, and then you came, came from the back. Oh yeah. no, I actually, still, she, she still processed with I her family. But I got to process her too. But she got to do got it. it. Because I didn't want to be the only one that took that walk. Right. Long, it was not very long. No, that was that was not a big, big space. It was a beautiful older building, though. And, yeah. And I, just, the thing I remember about your ceremony is just like sitting there with tears streaming. Down yeah. And, and you coming in with your mom and and walking up and I just you know that was really 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 emotional for yeah. everyone there. I know you guys were feeling a lot of stuff, but I mean everyone in the building mm-hmm. and. I mean, Kitty, do you want to talk about what? Yeah, sure. I was going to say. Is that okay? Yeah, no. I mean, your story is really phenomenal, and I'd love to share it. So, um, actually, it's funny that you brought that up because I remember my friend Erica talking about it later, and she was like, I don't think I'd actually felt the weight of what happened to you until that happened. So, eight months before we got married, I woke up one morning and I had slurred speech, and I had. the side of my face was, um, what do you call drooping. that? Like drooping. There we go. Um, and Lex and I are like, am I having a stroke? Because I was 26 at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, that's exactly what was happening to me. Mm-hmm. And so we rushed me to the hospital. Mm-hmm. I had a craniotomy. Um, and turns out I had this random thing called an AVM, which is arteriovenous malformation, which if anyone listens to this and is a doctor, I'm sorry for botching that. But um, (laughs) uh, anyway, it's just a, it's like a tangle of blood vessels. And I've apparently been born with it. Um, A lot of people, yeah, apparently a lot of people have AVMs and die of like perfectly normal other causes. Um, And it doesn't burst in their lifetime, but there is a small percentage, small percentage for which it bursts. And it's just like the, wherever you have it, cause you can have it in around your heart or you can have it in your brain. And I had it in my brain and, wow. um, the pressure in my brain just built up, caused it to burst, caused the bleed. Um, and I had a stroke and they rate strokes on a scale of uh, mild to severe. And mine was on the higher end of moderate, like almost severe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I couldn't move my my whole left side I couldn't move my arm couldn't move my leg um and so the survival rate for what happened to me is very low um and basically yeah basically Mm -hmm. everyone that my family talked to who was a medical professional like all of them responded by being like and she lived wow like like so the survival rate is is very um small like the pe- the people who survive it but the, of the people who do survive it most people's recoveries are really high high yeah hmm. that's good um, yeah so you know they told me like we don't know how much you'll get back but you'll, you're young and like these are all the things you have going for you basically yeah, yeah. but we can't promise you anything mm-hmm. so I was really upset because obviously we were gonna get married yeah um, and everyone, you know, Amanda and like the, all of my family and like all of our, everyone else who was helping us out with the wedding was very understanding. They were like, we can move this, we can figure this out. And I was like, nope, we're getting married at exactly the same time. And I don't care <laughs> if I have to come down the aisle in a wheelchair. I don't care if I have to come down the aisle in a cane because we didn't know yeah. where, where yeah. I would be by then. Mm-hmm. And I remember very distinctly. I was treated at Shepherd Center in Atlanta, which is a fantastic yeah, they are. place. It's wonderful. I actually felt very comforted being treated there because there when I was a freshman in high school, there was a, a boy that I knew very well who had a spinal cord injury and he had recovered from there. And there was a picture of him there. I remember oh. while I was in recovery. And so I would pass this picture every once in a while when I was going down to like do art or something. And so, but the staff already there is amazing. But I remember my, my physical therapist um, the first day that she had me like stand up and start to do some exercises, I like stood up, I walked around a little bit. And then when I sat down, she was like, you're going to walk down the aisle at your wedding. Like you, just so you know, that's the thing that you're going to be able to do. <laughs> and I was like, 
I think I cried that day. It was great. <laughs> um, but so, yeah, so I had a, I had like this thing that just altered everything, everything, absolutely everything. And we had such a beautiful community of people just like, you know, outpouring of love, outpouring of love for us. And so I think that that walk down the aisle for me then was very emotional for everyone, yeah. including me, because nobody knew, like, nobody knew you know, my aunt was trying to figure out how to, cause my aunt altered my wedding dress and she was trying to figure out how to alter it to be around a wheelchair. And like, mm-hmm. you no, know, you know, everyone had just been through a lot of, a lot in the past eight months, mm-hmm. me, obviously the most, but, but all of us, all of us had. And so when I walked down, so my friend Erica was like, I don't think I had truly like mourned or thought about it until I saw you walking down and then I cried my eyes out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, no. So yeah, you, you had us all in tears, like all day long. Cause it was such an intense kind of thing. Cause yeah, yeah. You, know, you were, you were going to get married that day. I mean, and, and, you know, it's, it's interesting because, you know, you guys like contact me shortly after everything happened and mm-hmm. let me know what was going on. And I'm like, I don't do anything you want to do, but you were like, Nope, we're doing it. We're going to have the wedding. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the other part of the day that I think also made everybody cry their eye sockets out was when you dance with your mom. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that that was also a really cool thing that we had decided to do because I, I'm not close to my dad. I did not think that he would come. Um, he didn't, he doesn't, he doesn't like that we're married. Um, but anyways, I, I knew, I knew from the time I was a little kid that my mother was going to walk me down the aisle. I was, you know, fully prepared for that. And then I knew Lex would want to do a first dance and I knew she'd probably dance with her dad. And so I just thought like, well, I'll, I'll dance with my mom. And my poor mom was like, okay, but I can't dance. So, (laughs) you know, but I was like, mom, don't worry. I'm going to pick a slow song and we will just, we're just going to sway and it's going to be okay. And then Lex, you know, wanted, well, actually, I didn't want to dance with just my dad, remember? Right, so yeah. Guess that I well, she also was walked down the aisle by both of her parents, yes. had to dance with both of her parents. Yeah. yeah. But I think mom and I danced first, yeah. Because mm-hmm. I knew my, it would break and my so heart I chose, I dance with yeah. her. <laughs> so I chose a song that my mom used to, so my mom used to sing, like, she used to sing to me all the time, but two of the songs she sang to me the most was, Love Child by Dan- Diana Ross and the Supremes, which when I was older and learned the lyrics, I was like, that's a little inappropriate. <laughs> I'm going to look that up. She was like, she was like, you were a child. It's fine. Um, <laughs> the, other, the other one was The Best Thing That Ever Happened to Me by Gladys Knight and the Pips. And so that's the one I, I chose. And I remember telling my mom that I'd chosen that one. And she's like, I'm just going to cry the whole time, though. I, I was like, mom, that's the point. Like, that's, that's, what they, that's what happens. You've been to weddings. You know? but, but my mom and I, we just got on the dance floor and we just held each other and we just cried. She just hugged you so tight. That was so beautiful. It was so beautiful. Yeah. My mom wore this same pair of shoes as me mm-hmm. as well. Sneakers. Yeah. I wore because I I needed to wear good supportive shoes and I was still wearing tennis shoes at the time. And your brace. And my brace. Yeah. Um, which I, it, uh, I had just graduated to the brace, I think a month before yeah. we got married. The brace was new. Um, and so, yeah, so I need to wear my brace. That's, that's why I wore two shoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so my mom wore the same shoes and I thought that was really sweet too. Yeah. So yeah, I remember everyone telling me they cried during that too. Mm-hmm. I cried watching it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that had to play into all of the wedding planning stuff. Oh yeah. As far as and, yeah. Sorting yeah. all that out. How how did that affect your wedding planning? Other than deciding, yeah, having to make the decision to continue having a wedding. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, well, I mean, the one thing is is that Lex is an over planner. Mm-hmm. So we got engaged. A, what was it? A year, a year and a half before yeah. we were going to get married. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it so, seems like we made your engagement photos pretty far in advance. Yes. Yeah, we did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and we. Yeah. Um, and I think we met with you and the. Summer, 
before we did the engagement but so we I think, so. I think we had just gotten engaged when we met with yeah because yeah. i was gonna say and, um, and we the other reason why we needed a year and a half was we were doing it in massachusetts where i'm from yeah so was, we were planning an out-of-state wedding because yeah, it was important to me that we got married in a state that recognized our marriage yeah um, and being mm-hmm. from Massachusetts, one of the first states to recognize the first state, the first state to recognize our marriage, it was really important to me to be able to do this. I was like, we could do it in Georgia and then get it legal somewhere else. But I was like, I want it to be legal, and I I felt uncomfortable with the idea of having it take place in a state that didn't recognize or support who and how we are. Yeah. And so that was another. That was another that compromise was another, too. Yeah. Um, was that we were from saying? Georgia? Yeah, yeah, because I'm from Georgia, and well, and I always thought when I got married that I would get married some like technically legally get married some in a different state, and then have and we thought we were ceremony have and everything else in Georgia. Yeah, but that I mean we ruled that out pretty. But I was say, I think that was soon. pretty stroke though. No, that was pretty stroke. Oh, because I, th- I always no because we, we do looked reception. no girl because we looked at the <laughs> we were like that's true no we we're like mm. so we upped our this is what we did we upped our guest count. Mm-hmm. for our wedding and then decided not to have a reception in Georgia. But um, so our, all the big things had already been decided and booked at that point and booked by the time I had my stroke really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was good on that. But then it, it did change other, other smaller things. So um, my uh, <laughs> wedding party, who was very, very sweet, um, planned a bachelorette party that was a more Maybe not like significantly different than what I would have had, but like was very accessible. different than I than I thought. And I my so less strippers. What? <laughs> well, no, I was I was very much against strippers. Um, <laughs> Sorry. In fact, I think one of my oh no, not against them as people at all. I didn't want to have any at my uh, during my bachelorette party she was very conservative about this which was I was not okay it's not that okay first of all it's not that I'm yeah I was just messing with you it's okay (laughs) (laughs) this is the point of contention for the two of us um (laughs) what legs head strippers Mm-hmm. And I had, one thing I asked I had a oh, for real, real? Did you? The one thing I asked. A burlesque dance. The one thing I asked oh, was not different. to do. No, no, no. Burlesque is way different. That's an art if form. You can tell me that every day of my life, and I will not believe you. I mean, no, I've seen a burlesque show. No, I know. This is like a five year. But here's the thing. Hey. Sorry. As a, as a person who's photographed all the different kinds of things, burlesque is really different from strippers. I love no, and here's the thing: I love burlesque. And I talked to her about how much I loved her okay. the whole time. Doesn't make it better. She was straight. But, she um, had a boyfriend. Anyway, <laughs> sorry guys. <laughs> we're, t- we're talking about kitties. Kitties. Uh, My bachelor uh, wedding party and your bachelor party. <laughs> so the reason I didn't have strippers because a it made me highly uncomfortable and stressed out b yes b i had all of my friends were straight too that is true (laughs) although like to be quite honest but you have awesome friends they're just they just happen to be straight for all of it Mm -hmm. yeah except for except for maybe most of my friends but she still would have been a good sport about it yeah but i wasn't gonna um but we went to we went to a hotel and at the hotel bar um, my best friend made a, a mocktail, which didn't have alcohol in it. Cause you know, I, I couldn't have alcohol. Right. Um, but it was a cute, like purple drink that was delicious. And so she made sure there was like a signature cocktail for me mm-hmm. during my bachelorette party. And then we just had a big slumber party basically, mm-hmm. um, where I got to just hang out with everybody, but it was very low key and it was very short, um, and so, because at the time I was still, uh, you were getting very tired, very fast, pretty early. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, so yeah, it was just, everyone was very, very much thoughtfully still trying to give me what I would have wanted, but in the way that it needed to change for mm-hmm. how I had changed. Yeah. So, so that was one of the things, um, we, we probably originally would have flown to our wedding. Um, yes, that was initially. But we didn't. We, we did not fly do that. that. We couldn't fly. So we guys drove to Boston from we here. We drove in a minivan. It was actually not a short drive. 
It was actually the second, second time we had made the drive up the East Coast. By the time we got married, I had been cleared to drive. Mm-hmm. But the first time we made that trip, she wasn't. My friend Sarah was getting married because the because the year we got married, like all Everybody, of our friends, all got of married. his friends, yeah. we had one friend, got including married. another couple that Amanda <laughs> photographed. Oh yeah, well. yeah. Um, yeah, Carrie and John. And so, yeah, but um, so it was our second go around. Yeah, drive. so for our se- yeah our second go around, we had a minivan with a DVD player in it yes. that we rented. And it was actually um, perfect for moving our wedding parties around. It was beautiful. Was, I mean, every, it, it was, was a really good move. It was, yeah. And we drove up we all We utilized it a lot. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> we had faux flowers, and so we could drive yeah. all the supplies up. Yeah. We, you know, we did a lot of, like, do-it-yourself stuff for our wedding. And yeah. I think part of it was because certain things weren't necessarily all that important to us. Like, we didn't need fresh flowers. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the other part of it was just sort of bypassing them middle person and having to worry about whether or not the the person would be homophobic sorry the dog yeah because we didn't no but bypassing the homophobic nature of people especially because we were doing it in a different state than we lived in we knew we'd have um my my mom and my sister were doing some of the stuff by proxy for us we initially set up things in Mm -hmm. person and then we had them kind of follow up with if there were things that need to be in person Mm -hmm. um but we didn't know which places would be good go-tos or not mm-hmm. with being gay. And because my name is, my, my full name is Alex, mm-hmm. you know, I go by Lex, a lot of people would have assumed we were a nice straight couple. Right. Yeah. Then they would yeah. meet us and see how I dress mm-hmm. and be confused. <laughs> and so we were yeah. very kind of leery of that. And we wanted more of a personal touch, but I think the, the factor of, yeah dealing with people's homophobic nonsense was we not, just didn't want to especially because we're both pretty unapologetically gay yeah well, i mean that's kind of that's part of our next question is so which parts of your your experience do you think were affected by being lgbtq so i, I mean like was the whole big, thing yeah. well and then you know that also pairing with the fact that we had so many other friends getting married the same year all of which were they were all straight straight, or all yeah. straight. They're, yeah they're all straight Oh wait, wait! Did um did the wedding? No, that was the year before. Okay, before. So they were all straight, and so it's kind of like, um, with the exception of being referred to Amanda, like any a lot of the other vendors that we would have been referred to would have had a problem with us. Yeah, right. Um, which you know, bless our straight friends. They had no clue. They they didn't they, they didn't could really just have take it for granted that yeah they could go to any vendor anywhere because yeah. mm. also doing it in a different state and we kept well, I mean that's kind of I mean besides the fact that's where you're from I mean that was one of the primary concessions that you made that was, was let's yeah. go to a state where we can be legal because you know this was yeah four years ago it was prior to the Supreme Court ruling you had yeah yeah no we got married in Georgia. Year. The year before yeah. the and, Supreme Court ruling. Yeah. One, I had been a minister in D.C. and knew that even in states where it was legal or places where it was legal, that ministers who officiated same-sex weddings frequently had our licenses pulled from the pool after or sometimes really? we were officiating weddings. And so they would make wedding. We would do weddings and find out later that it didn't go through because uh. mm-hmm. City employees that are supposed to respect the laws of the land were not respecting it. This is shocking to me. Yeah, not and I and I kn- knowing that and that was that's my sarcastic voice. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was like, I didn't want to even play that game, so I was like, I'm from Massachusetts. It's the first state to recognize our marriages. It, Although I think one years. of the the yeah. one of the things though, because we got married in a church where Lex's parents attended, and oh, yeah, they assured us, they assured us before we even talked to them that like you know we were allowed to get married there and everything else, but we visited this, and this was before my stroke. Mm-hmm. We, we went there for Christmas service cause we visited Lex's family for Christmas, mm-hmm. but we were even nervous speaking to the minister, even knowing mm-hmm. from her, because you know, people are less straight parents, especially, but their perception, they, isn't, their perception isn't always, mm-hmm. you know, cause they'll be like, Oh yeah, no, it's fine. And then you get there and you and experience like, it and you're like, it's not as fine as you think it is. Yeah. yeah. But she would the the minister at that church though was like listen i've had this discussion with our board i've had you know and she was like and anybody who had a problem with it mm-hmm. i approached it as being like these two are they're not members of our church but they're family mm-hmm. and so they're allowed to get married here as would any other member of our families 
um, in their UCC, so it's a denomination yeah. that's overarchingly open and affirmative. But that did not guarantee. That doesn't mean no. anything. Yeah. Um, but we were there first. Yeah. And that was and a big so, deal. And that really? Oh, yeah. yeah, we were their mm-hmm. first same-sex couple getting married because they weren't mm-hmm. an official ONA open and affirming congregation, but mm. they were hoping that this would be kind of the one that like start the catalyst. Yeah. If you will. Okay. And so, because that was a factor, the location, yeah. and I was surprised at how many straight people we had to explain that to that our marriage was not recognized everywhere, and so we had to go to a different state by nature of being a same-sex couple to have our marriage recognized. Right. Which already makes it more expensive. Mm-hmm. 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 Not to mention, it's like taxes were no fun for those first couple yeah. of years, were they? Oh mm-hmm. my god! <laughs> I think yeah. we've all been through it, haven't we? Because you know, yeah. I mean, Bessie and I were married. The thing where you do the federal return once as a married uh, couple, so that you can do your state return as a married couple, and then do your federal return as a single person because you're not married according to federal law. We thankfully thing only passed, got one year because we got married the year before the Supreme yeah, Court ruled that summer. Because we had to file and refile and refile and refile. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we only did it, it, it was only a year or two that we had to do that because I got married in 2010 mm-hmm. and we kind of did the flip of you. We had our ceremony in Illinois and then we went and like honeymooned in Boston and got our, got mm-hmm. legally married while we were there, but it didn't, we didn't have civil unions in Illinois until 2013 or 2014, I guess. Maybe it was 2012. I don't know. It was a couple of years after we got married that we got it in Illinois. So whatever year we got in the civil unions in Illinois, that those were the years we had to do this dummy federal return in order to fill out our state return accurately. It's just like some crazy nonsense. Yeah. It was, you know, in that thing where you want to buy a house together, but you can't apply for the mortgage jointly because you're not legally married in the state, even though you're legally married in some other state. Like, yeah. And every time, and every time you fill out a W two or a W four, same thing because it's like it's not recognized. Am I, am I single or am I married? Who even knows? Right, you can't it, be sure. But yeah, so that impacted the location. It impacted the flowers. Impacted the church. Right. Um, Those it, forms it, all need the it's complicated box. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Such I, not a bad idea. <laughs> I, I also think it played a role with. Um, so our venue was a beautiful venue. Um, and they did a lot of things right, I would say. Here's the thing. I don't know if anything at our venue was because, well, here's the other, the beauty of intersectionality. I don't, know. Also I don't know if something <laughs> sometimes was because we were, were a black. lesbian couple or, or we were, were a black, black couple. couple. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. What did they do? Yeah. We got, we got layers. We had a lot of intersectionality. We had a lot of things. Disability like it. You know, yeah, we, we have a lot of different marginalized know. things that are very visible. And yeah. so yeah. there was a lot of different factors at play. Because so, for instance, we had gone to about a gazillion weddings at this point. So we knew it was pretty standard versus what some things that yes, like, went around with us. True. And so one of the things that happened was, you know, after the reception, usually the venue or the caterers pack up your food. I still think this was shady and shady. They somehow forgot to pack a to-go thing for us. What? Mm-hmm. So like. Mm-hmm. I didn't everywhere. So you guys got um, money. I'm gonna I'm gonna dissent on that because there are right. where it's not. So I worked in Chicago for the first part no, of my career. I like I didn't think it was on the thing. And it's like it seriously such a point of contention for her. And I was like, I mean, I never expected it to be a thing. So. Yeah. Well, I I can say that for example, in the city of Chicago, the health code laws are really really strict about that kind of stuff to the extent that most caterers, for fear of losing their license will not send any leftovers home with you. And the couple oh, wow. that will make you sign a waiver that's like, I swear I won't sue if this gives me food poisoning because it's been sitting out for two hours. Oh. So maybe it was because you were black. Maybe it was because the venue was dumb and forgot it. Or maybe there was a health code law in Massachusetts. I don't think, okay, so here's the thing. It definitely is not because of health code law because it was, house it was a place where you could pick up takeout. Mm-hmm. So... Hmm. And they have, you know, and like, it wasn't catered food. It like was on the regs. Yeah. The only so, and it was from their regular menu. Yeah. So it's, and it was a buffet. You know, it's so kind of like, been really yeah. I think no, it's buffet is, the buffets are actually more, the more dangerous ones because it, there's yeah, like, like aren't there's a rules about, without making this thing. podcast about health and sanitation laws, there's rules about how long food can sit out on a buffet, even whether it's mm-hmm. chilled before okay. it's the point where it's supposedly not safe anymore, but whatever. So, did, did you get anyway though? No, we did get what? our. Oh, did you oh, get your top layer of your cake. I think it's a plate. No, 
We yeah. did. Um, our cake was not delicious and was also a point Our cheesecake of, was. Oh, our cheesecake was. Our um, cupcakes did not. Our cupcakes were not delicious. And, and that was also no? a contention to do because we... We went and checked it out. We we used a vendor that the... the said it was LGBTQ and you was friendly, too. Well, I don't remember I, that I part, that. But it had given us, like, a list of people they normally work with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We got a call the day after our wedding asking us if we were going to pick up our cake stand. And we were like... Say what? Uh, what? Why is that our responsibility? Yes. Yeah, it was really. Yeah. They also called the the venue called me the but day our before were and asked a, like a ridiculous question about um how what our plate number was, and I was like, "We're a buffet. Why are you asking the plate number? Also, why are you calling the bride the night before?" Hmm. Like levels of why because I had my parents' information because they were the local ones, and I was just like. Yikes. They also misplaced our, uh, our iPod. Remember that? They did misplace our iPod. iPod. I don't oh, think that that was any it. form of discrimination. No, just, I think was somebody just, was just, it was just trying one of those, to like, like ridiculous yeah. random things. But yeah. Sounds um, to me like they weren't overly competent. No. It was, it was a little bit chaotic. Just a little bit. Okay, but my favorite thing about <laughs> where we had our reception was that there was like a father-daughter dance or something. One of those creepy prize ring nonsense. But like, father-daughter, like, the creepy, I'm married to my. I didn't wife. think it was a promise ring thing. Oh, it was one of those creepy. Anyway, you're married. But my favorite thing about this, though, yeah. was that our lovely friends, our lovely sweet, drunk straight friends, were so offended that these dads in like their sixties weren't hitting on them. What? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this yeah. is one of the funniest things that happened in our wedding. <laughs> because my friends Sherry and Erica, not of the same age though, Erica in her twenties at the time. Sherry was a little bit older, but they we had leftover because our our wedding favors were um, uh, CDs that mm-hmm. I a playlist that I'd made, and then a friend burned these CDs and made cute little cover art for it. it was really cute. I remember um, those. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But we had a lot of extras, and so Erica and Sherry decided they were going to like hand them out to like these teenage girls and be like hey listen to this and they thought that the dads would then hit on them while this happened but it didn't happen and so they were (laughs) perhaps the dads were wisely not hitting on women who were not their wives in front of their daughters okay the funniest part is my friends were also married but they were just like really (laughs) i'm like wait a minute it's just weird they weren't trying to hook up with anybody but they were still really offended (laughs) i just I just thinking that straight culture is really messed up. Bless them. Bless them. You remember that, that Georgia and you coming out right there? Bless them. <laughs> something funny that happened with our um, our invitations because remember I don't know if it's I, I don't know if my mom was the only one who said it. No, nothing funny happened with our invitations. Our no, invitations, which by the way, this was funny. Was this part was funny. So uh, a friend of mine did our invitations, who used to have. Uh, a company that did invitations and like other like sort of paper stationary things but also love her business kids. yeah her business well that was going to be my point her business <laughs> her business had gone down so so they really just did it for friends by the time they did it for us but um my friend Leah also um a lesbian uh did our, did our invitations and the the little cover art for those CDs mm-hmm. um and our but we ended up too. so we ended up with our you know Half of our vendors being gay, gay. yeah, for our wedding. Yeah, good job. So, so that was really nice. But yes, Lexus, the way that we phrased our invitations, mm-hmm. which you know, like the the etiquette way of doing things, if you have a man and a woman who's getting married, is that you're actually invited to the wedding by the parents of the bride. Mm-hmm. So, there's I had looked at so many different like phrasings of it and everything else and we so queer wedding we books, had yeah. our names mm-hmm. and then it said along with their parents i'm pretty sure yeah invite mm-hmm. you to like mm-hmm. whatever so lex's mom was like but there's nothing on here that says you're two women and i'm like you're the one that named her after her granddad so like my name's alex <laughs> <laughs> like i can't help that my name is you alex know, james I, and it's super mysterious that i named her after your daddy so like first and middle name it, it's I'm a point sorry, of I'm sorry it job. looks like we're a straight couple it's <laughs> fine but no like way. presumably the people to whom you are sending these invitations are aware that you're not right like they know you 
that was kind of my sentiment they but it probably was like, know that you're gay yeah well and we had just we decided since we were having a small wedding anyways and I wasn't about to invite anyone who was going to be a hot mess express about us being gay there. Okay, I wasn't about no, no, to you do were that No, I'm saying that was one of the things we talked about when we were picking our, like, list. I was like, I don't yeah. want any people who are going to be, like, saying ridiculousness because, like, a good chunk of my, we were like, of my friends are, were gay. And I definitely was gay. much more cutthroat after I had my stroke. I yeah, because like, before she listen, was, like, super nice about it. And I was like, because you yes. think most of my friends are and gay. I was like, and oh, that, of my friends are all across the gender spectrum and I was like and I my theme was like I survived death and so no one gets to come to my wedding <laughs> <laughs> pretty much because she's that like kind of fixes things doesn't it you're just like suddenly my priorities are very great all right say something about that's the end that's the end of part one of our episode with Kitty and Lex because shit we talk a lot a whole whole lot and that's why you have to come back in two weeks for part two because we've got that much content. And it's even funnier. And See smarter. Then. And cleverer. And cooler. And neater. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Bye. Thanks for listening to our fucking podcast. Now's the part where we tell you who makes this podcast possible and ask you to help more people find us. The Supergate Wedding Podcast is brought to you by Catalyst Wedding Co. Love weddings and marriage for feminists, the LGBTQ plus community, and woke folk. Find them at catalystwedco.com. And also by Choose Your Own Wedding, the world's first wedding planning subscription. It's everything you need to plan a great wedding at an affordable monthly price. Sign up at chooseyourown.wedding for a complete online wedding planning course to guide you through every step of wedding planning with video lessons, worksheets, spreadsheets, and professional templates. You'll also get personal on-demand planning support from a professional wedding planner, that's me, in our private Facebook community, and instant answers on our monthly live planning calls. Enter the code SUPERGAY at checkout to get your first week free. Check out all the details and subscribe now at chooseyourown.wedding. If you like our show, please share it with your friends, subscribe, and take a minute to leave us a review. You can find Super Gay Wedding on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you'd like to learn more about Super Gay Wedding, be on the show, or tell us what we should talk about next, check us out at supergaywedding.com. Find us at facebook.com slash supergaywedding. Or email us at supergaywedding at gmail.com. And if you need a bomb-ass wedding planner who totally has our shit together and is wicked competent, you need to check out Cindy's website at islelesstraveled.com. And if you need a destination photographer who's not afraid to get her camera dirty capturing your wedding adventure, then you should get your ass over to amandasummerlin.com. And by the way, if you hire us both, we're going to give you a 5% discount. Because we're fucking awesome. And we love working together. And we will rock your super gay wedding. Fuck yeah. Woo! Nailed that shit. Like, for real. Yeah.